0: Welcome to the Alcohol Rethink Podcast with me, your host, Patrick Fox. This podcast is for the guys out there who question the role that alcohol plays in their lives, Many who want to stop drinking and don't know where to go or how to start. We're going to cover all of that and more. Let's go. Hi, guys, and welcome to episode number 70 of the Alcohol Rethink Podcast. How are you all doing, gentlemen? Hope you are well. So today I am joining you, and I'm feeling a bit tired, if I'm honest. I've been starting up a new course that I'm on at the moment. It's a year-long course. It's uh, called Compassionate Inquiry with Gabor Mate. You may or may not have heard of him, and it's just a whole new way of working. And some of it's similar and familiar, and some of it is very new to me. So really been immersing myself in that and part of that program is a lot of it's about feelings man like really diving into your feelings so it's bringing up a lot of shit and so I'm holding space for myself I'm just acknowledging how I feel and we're moving on and it kind of inspired me for today's episode actually because I think it's really important that We look at sobriety and what it is that we want to achieve with it and see it as a skill, all right? Sobriety is a skill. Getting sober is a skill. Because I think that when you approach it with that kind of philosophy, you are not making yourself wrong for drinking, right? Because inherently drinking is not good or bad, right? Like drinking alcohol is just something that you do do you like the consequences of it well that's a different story right but in and of itself like drinking alcohol isn't necessarily a bad thing there's no morality to it and i find that when we start thinking that there's something wrong with us and we start blaming and we start shaming ourselves for it it makes it worse like it ends up perpetuating we just make it harder and harder and harder on ourselves so the way I've been looking at it recently is really thinking, about, okay, so sobriety is a skill, right? Well, if it's a skill, what do we got to do to fucking learn? <laughs> what is there that we could be doing to help us learn this skill of getting sober, right? And a lot of that is going to be unlearning in and of itself. So today I thought I'm going to share with you guys five ways, five skills that I think are pretty fundamental on this journey to rethinking your relationship with alcohol. Now, are they my top five? I'm not quite sure, but these are the five that came up for me in the moment when I was planning this podcast. So that's what I'm going to go with. Of course, I think there's other things as well, but I think these five, if you are aware of them, if you are working on them, if you're giving yourself compassion and grace along the way, you're going to go a really fucking long way in helping you to Change your relationship to alcohol. So the first one, number one, numero uno, feel your emotions. Now, could be a really alien concept to some of you guys, right? Like what does feel your emotions even mean? And I'll be honest, like I am still learning what it is like to feel your emotions. I 100% got better at it, right? Because before I didn't even realize I was having an emotions but even now, I'm I'm still not aware that I'm in one sometimes. For example, last week, something happened uh, with my teenager and, you know, it didn't go the way that I planned. and ended up getting really angry and frustrated with myself. And then that ended up with a few days of me, you know, like overeating and doing shit that I wouldn't normally do. Which then I beat myself up for. And then, you know, just like it's so easy to get into that spiral, man. It's so easy just to be enticed by our brain because there's a payoff to it guys right because when we have those kinds of emotions like our brain in its survival instincts wants us to go and to seek comfort to to reward ourselves in some way shape or form and often it's with things in my instance food last week that wasn't great and because it was my birthday there was like this perfect storm the The day after was my birthday after that thing had happened. So there was cake there. And so I was like, oh, it's my birthday. I can eat whatever I want. (laughs) And then it kind of just went a bit out, not out of control. I was in control, but it didn't go like I planned. Like I didn't feel great about eating as much cake as I had planned to, for example. And, you know, over the course of the weekend, like I was getting curious with myself and wondering what was going on. And it's because I was feeling angry. About something that had happened, like angry towards myself, and I wasn't processing it, I was just trying to avoid what was coming up for me and then on Monday or Tuesday of the week i I worked with somebody and they actually guided me through what I was feeling and it was so powerful, man, like to be have someone to guide you through your feelings whilst creating a lot of safety in it for you whilst you're doing it right, like to know that it's incredibly vulnerable, it can feel incredibly vulnerable, and I just share with you what the experience was like so i was sat there and he was asking me things that were going on and i was had my eyes closed and as my eyes were closed i was noticing things that happened in my body right like so i was noticing some pulsing in my calf i was noticing tightness in my shoulders and then i noticed my jaw was getting tighter the more i focused on my body the more i was recognizing things that were happening And the more that we spoke about it i started getting like this really tight constricting feeling in my throat at one point it it made me feel like i wanted to be sick like not physically but just like that sensation of wanting to be ill and it it was ebbing and flowing and sometimes it felt more intense and then there was one point where my shoulders were literally tingling and i just felt like running away like i just wanted it to stop it just felt so intensely uncomfortable And I didn't, I stayed with it. And you know, like a few more minutes, just kind of like coming back to my breath, just focusing on what's happening in my body. It didn't go away. And I don't think that's the goal of feeling your emotions. It isn't to make your goals go away. It's just to acknowledge their presence. And then to start accessing like, what's the wisdom? What's the intelligence in that emotion? What's it there to try and tell you? And I did that process, right? fuck me, I felt so much better. I felt incredibly tired afterwards, you know, and some of the interesting things that happen when you start processing emotions is one is tiredness. I think that's something to be aware of. Two is you yawn, right? (laughs) You tend to yawn and I think that's a release of the emotions in the same way that crying is a release of emotion, right? But also yawning. Apparently, when you that like when you have when you burp, that can be a way that that's uh, emotion being released as well after you do an exercise like that. So, feeling your emotions, I think, is one of the most important things, and it's a skill. Like nobody taught us this shit, man. If we were taught the opposite a lot of the time as as men, right? We were taught not to feel our feelings. We were told to ignore them and to suppress them, and it becomes so damaging for ourselves. So. That's number one, is about learning how to feel your emotions. And the reason why that's so important, right, is because when you're having an urge to drink, it's about being able to sit with that emotion, like to recognize when that urge or when that craving comes knocking on the door and you just want
1: to, you
0: think like the only option to get rid of it is just to follow through with what your brain's saying. So maybe your brain's going, oh, let's just have a beer, let's have a beer. And you're and you just like, yeah, fuck it, let's have a beer, right? But in feeling your feelings in that moment that's where you allow your brain to like have that activity to almost feel like it's trying to push or bully you into having a beer and just to let it be there honestly let it be there and it can feel really uncomfortable and actually if you go back there's a podcast i did with a guided meditation and that could be really helpful because if it isn't something you've done before you know it's good to have someone to teach you to do it and fucking youtube guys like there's tons of stuff on youtube you can watch about processing your emotions there's eft which is emotional freedom technique which is where you do tapping on different parts of your body which helps with moving emotion around your body and stuff as well it is a whole other language effectively right like we're realizing that Life isn't just about our brains, but it's about our bodies. It's about what happens in our guts. Like there's that whole mind, body and soul connection. So like give yourself permission to suck at it, (laughs) right? Like give yourself permission to learn what it means to feel your feelings. And as you're doing it, be curious about what comes up for you along the way. What beliefs do you notice about feelings? What were you told? You know, what did you pick up on when you were younger? And just something to finish off with that one is I've started creating this habit of doing a daily check-in. So literally in the morning, I spend a few minutes, I just close my eyes and I ask myself, what's happening in my body right now? And it, it helps to ask that question because it gives your brain focus, gives it direction. And here's the next thing, right? Speak out loud. Now, I know that might not be ideal for everybody, but if you can find time, if you can find space, like sit there and, and, and ask yourself, what am I feeling in my body? What is the sensations? What pulsing, vibrating, itching, tightness, lightness, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be something uncomfortable. It could, be, could feel different in your body. It could feel like a, a buzzing or a tingling, which feels really nice, okay? And do that and literally talk yourself through it. Because I think it helps with just like naming it and expressing it for yourself. So that's number one, guys. Like the sober skills, number one is feel your emotions. Number two is to learn from your experiences. What I mean by that is if you're drinking still and you are telling yourself you don't want to drink but then you find that you're still you know maybe you get a day maybe you get a few days but then you end up having a beer or somebody get, gives you an invitation to go out and it doesn't take you much to to accept it right learn from the experience right so if you do that right if you go out and you have it, someone offers you a beer and you have that beer right and then you are beating yourself up for it afterwards like the alternative to that is beginning to get incredibly curious with yourself right like this is one of the number one things I do with all the guys I work with is get curious with yourself because you can imagine right like you get to this crossroads of you've done what you've done you're at a crossroads you can either go left which is beat yourself up right or you can go right which is curious now if you go left down towards beat yourself up avenue shit ain't pretty right it's just going to create more and more shame in yourself more blame in yourself guilt in yourself maybe you can like use willpower for a moment to to get yourself through but you end up being in a cycle with it because all the all of that emotion is in you and if your default up until this point if your brain's way of handling that emotion is to actually avoid it through drinking, then it's just going to create more of the same. Versus getting to that crossroads, turning right down to curiosity lane. And when you go down that lane, you just open up so much more space for yourself. You're able to go down and you're able to look around and you're like, oh, okay. So on Friday, Tom asked me to go out for a beer and I initially said no. Then he sent me an email saying like, oh, come on, mate, it will be fun. Just come out for one beer. And then they went, oh, fuck it. So I went out for one beer and then one beer turned into five and then whatever might else happened from there, right? And you fill in the rest of the story. So if, if you're learning from your experience, it'd be like, okay, so Tom asked me to go for a beer. All right, so what happened when he asked me to go for a beer? Like, what did I notice? What were some of the thoughts I was having about his invitation? Maybe I was thinking, oh, I really wanna go, but I don't wanna go. It's not good if I go. Again, notice the morality you might be assigning and whether you're having a drink or not. And so you initially say no, and then he sends you an email and it's Friday and perhaps you've had a stressful day at work or this is it, right? Like learn from the experience, like be the detective of your life. Be curious about like what emotions were you feeling in that moment when he sent an email asking you to go for a beer maybe you felt scarcity right like you felt like you were going to miss out maybe you really actually wanted to go but were denying it to yourself like because you could still totally go and not have a beer right maybe you felt embarrassed because you didn't want Tom to think oh this guy's a pussy for not drinking beer or whatever right totally made up story there but I'm sure it will resonate with a lot of you guys so really think about what happens for you and you can Backtrack it, right? Like, deconstruct it. Like, oh, okay. So he asked that, and I felt this, and then I decided I was going to do it anyway. And then you start to create a lot of awareness for yourself. And the more awareness you have about what you're doing and why, the more opportunity, the more choice you've got to change it for the next time going forward. (coughs) So that's number two learn from your experiences. Number 3 is you are not alone. You are not alone in this journey. There are fucking tons and tons of people out there like not just men but women alike, right, who are wanting to change their relationship to alcohol. They're fed up. But there's so much shame and stigma attached to like what it means to be somebody to stop drinking. Perhaps not help from, you know, the definition of what an alcoholic is or looks like you know because we I think we all have one even the word sober might trigger you right like it did for me in the beginning I was like oh I'm not I don't want to identify somebody as sober because sober meant that I had a drinking problem except that's not what it means at all right sober is just like an informed choice not to drink alcohol but you can see how our brain creates a narrative around words So just check in with yourself as well, right? Like what happens when I say sober? Like, where does your brain go? What do you start thinking about? So knowing that you're not alone, knowing that there's there are stigmas out there in the world, right? That's undeniable. But there's actually also a lot of other people who are really, really wanting to change their relationship with alcohol. You've only got to go on social media these days and have a look. Go on to Instagram, which is where I like to hang out, and you can see there's a ton of people there myself included who are sharing their experiences of stopping drinking alcohol they are giving advice they're giving tips they're making reels they're creating communities they're sharing their real life experiences and the beautiful thing about that is in the same way with this podcast is you begin to see like actually maybe There isn't anything wrong with me. Maybe I'm not as different as I'm making myself out to be because you can see that there's a lot of other people who are experiencing the exact same thing as you. So what does that tell you? It tells you how fucking human you are, right? It tells you that we've all got these brains that the primary function is survival, right? And they all function in the same way. They're all designed to be efficient, seek pleasure and avoid pain. They're all motivated by pleasure. They're all motivated by dopamine. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while now, guys, you know that when you're drinking alcohol, like you're getting a lot of dopamine, you're getting a lot of your brain thinking that alcohol is important for your survival, which just might not seem very logical, but it this is how it is. Like there's science to back all of this up. So knowing that you're not alone, right? Because once you can do that, you can begin to communicate, you can begin to resonate with other people, and you can be, begin to have different conversations like the more you talk to people about your decision not to drink, the more you're going to kind of reinforce it for yourself now if you listen back to a few episodes I did about your sober circle of influence right that like you want to surround yourself with people who are going to support you now That sober circle of influence doesn't just mean people who aren't drinking, but it means people who will be your advocate, people who are going to support you through your decision. And it's not just people, it's the books you read, it's the podcasts you listen to, it's the social media channels that you follow or subscribe to, right? There's a lot of support out there for you guys. So recognising that you're not alone, you know, coming back to that vulnerability I was talking about earlier is knowing that by opening up it might feel like this really scary thing to do but there are so many people who are out there waiting to receive you, to help you, to give you what you need. So start creating that support network for yourself. If there's not one that you can see like immediately in front of you then it's time to start getting creative, right? If you if your guy friends, if you go out and you drink all the time and that's been your life, like it's, it's highly unlikely that they're going to be the ones that are going to go, oh, okay, well, I'm going to join you on this journey with you. I'm not saying it's impossible at all because I know I've, I've worked with guys and they had that experience, right? But more often than not, like people are just going to continue doing whatever they're doing. So we want to re- rely on ourselves and we want to find those people who are already on that path, on that journey with us. So number four, right, is a little bit related to number two uh, and also number three is the art of saying no. So the fourth skill I think is really important for you to start learning, to start embedding in your lives is the art of saying no. Now that can look like no's in so many different areas, right? Of course it's no saying no, I'm not going to drink this weekend for example. It's saying no to Our imaginary mate, Tom, who I talked about earlier, who's asking you to go out for a beer. Like, I think really in the art of saying no, what what I'm really alluding to here is about having boundaries for yourself. It's about saying to yourself, like, this is what is acceptable for me. This isn't acceptable for me. And being okay with it, right? Understanding that not everyone is going to agree with your decision. Not everybody is going to support you. And you don't need them to. Firstly, you need to support yourself but then you can start looking at all those others that will support you because, you know, the art of saying no, the art of, oh, it is, is about decision-making, right? It's about having your own back. It's about committing to something that you want because when there's commitment, right? When you say like, I'm not, I'm having a 30 day break, for example, like and you commit to that, it just eradicates any bullshit that your brain wants to come up with about like having a beer with Tom on Friday, for example, you know, or maybe there's a family event in a few weeks and you're thinking about having a beer there. No, because when you're committed, you're saying, no, this is me. This is not, I'm not doing this for 30 days. And after that 30 days, I'm going to reevaluate, I'm going to reassess, and we're going to go from there. Because each time you say no, uh, sorry, each time you say yes, when you really mean no, you know, like you're, you're unconsciously teaching yourself that that's okay. All right. And coupled with the fact that our brain loves being rewarded, right? Like you get that immediate gratification of saying yes, because there's a reward at the end of it. But, you know, on the other side of that, there's also going to be the regret and the guilt and the shame in saying no is about being radically honest with yourself right really standing up for yourself knowing that this is the truest decision that you are making for yourself right now and you know maybe not everyone's going to want to hear your radical honesty but this life is about us right we can only look after ourselves first so you've got to do what you need to do for you your future self will thank you for it. I can promise you that, all right? So be okay with people not understanding. Be okay with saying no. And this comes back to feeling your emotions, right? It's gonna feel uncomfortable to say no. You're gonna notice that there's gonna be FOMO, right? Like you get that fear of missing out and stuff. And the more that you are building up your capacity to feel, the more you're gonna be okay with saying no, because you're gonna be able to sit with that discomfort of saying no, of missing out, of what others might think or say or what you think they're going to say, right? And really, really build up like that emotional resilience in yourself. And so the fifth and final skill of my sober skills is self-love. And if self-love doesn't resonate with you, Stop being an asshole to yourself, right? Self-love or stop being an arsehole to yourself, like both mean the same thing for me because self-love is about self-appreciation. It's about radical honesty. It's about doing what you need to do for you. And when you're being an asshole to yourself, when you're beating yourself up, which I kind of like got into a little spiral last week, it's not fun, right? And it can... Feel like it's really challenging, and the thing is, when you get on it, right? And this is another part to that story. So, like, I had more cake than I wanted to have, right? And then I played golf, and that didn't go very well. So I was like, "Oh, golf shit!" And then something else happened. I was like, "Oh, that's not going very..." Well. And like, in a very short space amount of time, my brain has started trying to find like all of these things that I that in my perception weren't going very well, and of course, it sucked, right? So. Coming back to myself, reminding myself, like, oh man, it's like one game of golf that didn't go particularly well. It's like two pieces of cake that you wish you didn't eat, right? It's really not the end of the world. But I think sometimes, like, our brain can just want to get so enticed by it, so kind of mesmerized by it, because there's a payoff, right? Because we end up doing things that are instant gratification. Like, we get that short term pleasure, but there's often long term pain associated with it, right? So self-love can look like so many different things, right? Like it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, like telling yourself in the mirror that you love yourself. It could be self-love could be like the food you eat. It could be how you exercise, how you talk to yourself, how you interact others, like who you speak to, the communities that you put yourself with. Like asking for help can be an act of self-love, right? For me, I went and had somebody help me with my emotions like that was an act of self-love that was me doing something for me so self-love again is a skill right like I certainly wasn't taught to love myself I don't think but and many other guys out there won't be as well right because again it's one of those words like what comes up when you think about love what comes up when you think about self-love like do you think like oh that's what women do over here right like really prehistoric thinking So being curious with yourself, like what comes up when you think of self-love and recognising that you totally get to decide what you want it to be for you. Self-love, sometimes just taking a dog for a walk, right? Like that is an act of self-love. Self-love is also, sometimes I have a bath, sometimes I like listen to a podcast, sometimes I like just having a shower in the middle of the day, right? Like sometimes self-love is cleaning my office, because I feel like it. Because all of those things are going to make you feel good, right? That is self-love. Like, that's giving yourself what you need. Like understanding what it is that you want, what you need in that moment. So there's my top five sober skills that I think that if you really open yourself up to learning, understanding this isn't about getting them perfect, right? Like This is about knowing it's a process, it is a journey. And that sometimes things ain't going to go like you want them to, right? You know, I'm still on my journey. I'm still learning some of these things, not necessarily around alcohol now anymore, but in other areas of my life, right? Like So these skills will not only serve you in stopping drinking, but these are fucking life skills, guys. These things will really, really support you in everything you do going forward. So just to summarize, guys, those five sober skills that I think are worthwhile investing in them and in yourselves are feeling your emotions, right? Learning from your experiences, getting super curious, because curiosity will help you get sober 100 percent. Recognizing that you are not alone, finding a community that is going to help you, support you and grow you as you go through this Number four is the art of saying no to yourself, to other people, and wherever else you think you might need to say no and put boundaries in your life. Number five, self-love. Beating yourself up sucks. It doesn't work. I've tried it, and sometimes I still try it, and I still get the same shitty results. So I am telling you with all my heart, like beating yourself up really doesn't work. So self-love is the key, and. Sometimes self-love is about radical honesty. It's about radical responsibility. Sometimes self-love is doing the thing that you don't want to do or say. But is required. All right, guys. Five sober skills. Feel free to drop me an email or a message and let me know which one resonated with you, which one doesn't resonate with you. What would you like to hear about more in some of these podcasts? I'm always curious what guys what you guys want to learn about as well so feel free to drop me a message and let me know something you'd like to get covered all right guys much love to you all Big yourself up for being here, for listening, for being curious enough to actually even start changing this relationship with alcohol. There's so many other people out there who are just blinded by it at the moment. So I fucking respect you 100% and know that when you start applying these skills to your life, like when you approach it with a beginner's mind, when you are being okay with learning, being okay with failing, that this will happen for you. All right, guys, take care and I'll see you again soon. bye bye Imagine six months from now, you no longer had a desire to drink. No more thinking about drinking. No more fear about what you're going to do without it. That's exactly what my program offers. No more fear, no more blame, no more doubt. If you're interested in working with me, visit patrickjfox.com or book a consult using the link in the show notes. Until next time, bye-bye.